Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16 year marketing career to create a multiple six figure a year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self trust, become in demand lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Hey, everyone. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about basically like what my whole mission (laughs) has been since the beginning, my mission that kind of found me, which is thought leadership and how I see it, why I think it's important, why I think that people of color are naturally thought leaders because our perspectives haven't been centered, how thought leadership makes you more money, how thought leadership attracts clients, creates demand, attracts speaking engagements, attracts PR, all of these things, all while your thought leadership gets to help people and serve people that normally aren't always seen. So for me, I just feel so passionately about this because There's so much power in knowing that your unique perspectives in this world are unlike anyone else and they can solve problems and they can help people. And so I'm going to share a little bit about what we're going to cover today, but then I'm going to open up with a story so that you can kind of understand how thought leadership has been such a pivotal part of my business growth and speaking and being visible and just this movement that I've really created because I want you to be able to listen to it and think about your world, whether you are in corporate or whether you have a business and think about like, where do you see yourself? Like, what is the thought leadership that's coming and speaking to you and and wanting to be seen? Because I truly believe that thought leadership isn't something that we go and look for. It's something that finds us. So today we're going to talk about what is thought leadership and why it's important. We're going to talk about why it can be difficult for women of color to see themselves as thought leaders, even though you're actually sitting on a gold mine of thought leadership. We're also going to talk about how thought leadership creates demand, not just with clients, because even if you don't have a business, it still creates demand for people wanting to hear from you. And finally, we are going to walk through some prompts and some questions to help you uncover yours. Before I dive in, I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about how thought leadership has looked for me and how it's really just been a pivotal part of my business. So when I first started kind of trying to serve and trying to coach, and I say this because I didn't quite know what it was going to be back in 2019, I still had you know my, my corporate job as a marketing director. I led a team in the UK. And what's funny is at the time, I didn't know even what my offer was. I just knew what I wanted to help people with, I guess. And it, that started to become like what mattered to me. What mattered to me was helping other women of color or first gen like me to kind of like get their power back, reclaim their voice, understand how powerful they are, be heard, take up space. It felt very fluffy at the time, but that was kind of the beginnings of my thought leadership, right? That was clear for me first before it was my offer, but for some of you, it might be the opposite and that's okay. Maybe you know like the problem you want to solve, but you don't quite know how 
you're different from anybody else, even though you are. So 2019, I really was just like, hey, how can I help people with what I know? I'm not really sure what my offer is going to be. Then I hired a coach. Then I started just coaching and kind of leveraging like my marketing knowledge because I came from 16 years in marketing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to help people with you know their brand and standing out and marketing. And at the beginning, I kind of sounded like everyone else, I guess, because I was so focused on just like my expertise. This is, you know, I was teaching on brand and becoming a memorable brand. And I was coaching on like marketing and all these different things. But that was, it wasn't necessarily thought leadership at the time. It was expertise. And there's a difference there. After a while, I almost felt like I thought it was a separate thing at the time. But I remember being like, man, this feels harder than anything I've ever done. Like entrepreneurship, right? You know, I, it was like the fir- for the first time I felt like an imposter. I doubted my expertise. I had days where it was really hard for me to like show up. And that just wasn't the case in my corporate career, to be honest. Like I felt like in my corporate career, like I knew what I was doing. I felt like I kind of had a, a plan. I knew what was expected of me. I could deliver on those things. And I just remember seeing this as almost like my problem as like a separate thing at the time where I was coaching and I was marketing and I was selling, but then I was having this existential crisis on the side being like, man, I just, I'm, I'm so worried about like saying the right thing. And you know, like, what if I fail? And like all these things just felt very heavy to me. And so what I started to do, and this is the beginning of my thought leadership finding me, I started reaching out to other folks in like Facebook groups that I was a part of at the time, like entrepreneur Facebook groups. And I don't know, something about me was like, I just feel like this is the daughter of immigrant in me that just feels very like, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I'm not used to feeling like a beginner and something. So I just started reaching out to other first gen and in these Facebook groups and just talking about this in, in stories, just being like, man, you know, like this desire as like, being a daughter of immigrants to like get it all perfect and have it all right. Like this is just, you know, business is really hard. And I just started to talk about like how I just insecurities and things that I was feeling. And then that just got reflected back to me like 50 times over Well, people being like, oh my gosh, me too. This is how I'm feeling. And I literally just started having conversations with other first gen entrepreneurs about the things that they were struggling with and how despite them being brilliant, despite them being accomplished, despite them having all of these conventional successes and master's degrees and education and these impressive resumes, they were really struggling in business, but they felt like they were alone. And so then I really was like, okay, I'm onto something. It isn't just me. And I started to talk to them. And and then they started coming to me specifically as a coach because I was talking about the first gen experience. And then I really started to study this. I was like, I really want to know why this is so difficult for us and why we all tend to have these very similar challenges. Like, And when I say first gen, I don't just mean Latinas. I have coached first gen from dozens of different countries and I have found so many similarities and it just fascinated me because I was like, how is it that this population who is so brilliant all have these very similar challenges, right? And so I basically studied this because at first it was to solve it for me. Now I was like, this is bigger than me. Like I want to solve this for my people. I want to know if I can help them through this, I'm going to unlock so much for them. I'm going to unlock new income potential, new visibility potential, confidence, leadership, all these things. Like I saw what was on the other side of that. If we could kind of get out of our own way and understand like why this is so hard for us, but yet so many of us are starting businesses. Like I saw so many of us were starting businesses, but we were having these same challenges that like, I just became obsessed and like fascinated with like, 
wow, like, how is this happening? Why is this happening? How can I be the person who helps them better than anybody else, right? Like, I just I just want to help. And no one was really talking about it. So really, my thought leadership found me because it was affecting me. And I talked about it. And then I was like, what is no one else talking about? Like, for example, when I first worked with my first business coach, she was a white woman. She's an, you know, an amazing coach, but a white woman. But there were so many things where I was like, why is this so hard for me? And I don't feel like she sees me. And I was, you know, following other coaches and they just didn't talk. They didn't speak to the things that I specifically was struggling with. I just felt so unseen. And then the minute I started to talk about it, I just heard left and right from first gen being like, oh my gosh, me too. So I knew, I knew that I was onto something, right? So I wanted to share the story so that you know, it is not something you go and like manufacture and like work, like look really hard. It's like, it's something that's in you. It's this like unmet need that is out in the world and society that you see and you are like, I, why is this happening? I, you know, this is how I, this is how I see this thing. So that's what I wanted to share with you before I dive in with that. Now we're going to go into like, I want to just explain a little bit about what I mean by thought leadership. And I hope that the story that I just told kind of illustrates a little bit about thought leadership and how it showed up for me. What I discovered my thought leadership was, even though I didn't have words for it at the time, is that entrepreneurship and leadership require many of the things that society and our culture try to condition out of us. And that really is still something that is the lens of what I do now, that entrepreneurship and leadership require the skill sets that have been conditioned out of us. Not that we don't have those skill sets, but that we are either punished for them or you know we're actually conditioned to be the opposite for various reasons, right? So that's my thought leadership. And it's, it's almost like an unmet need that I have discovered. And I have just dedicated myself over the last almost four years to just seeing this problem, solving this problem, helping my clients in this very unique way. Going into what is thought leadership? The conventional definition of thought leadership is a person or an organization that is a recognized authority in a particular field and whose innovative ideas influence and guide others. I literally am reading that off of dictionary.com. A recognized authority in a particular field. And I know that seeing something like that would make people think like, I'm not a recognized authority. Like I don't even, <laughs> you know, I don't even know who like recognizes me. I'm, I'm not even sure, right? And so what I would say with that is like, well, how do you become a recognized authority? So here is my definition. Having an opinion and standing by it when it comes to the community that you serve and the problem that you solve. Thought leaders listen to their community. Thought leaders center their community versus centering themselves. Thought leaders have a personal perspective with regards to the problem that they solve. Thought leaders bring in their story and their mission. They do not see it as separate. In fact, thought leaders see their story as integral to how they serve their community. And by doing those things, that is how you become a recognized authority. When you're lacking thought leadership, and not to say that you actually lack it, but when it's missing from your message, what I see is that you could be sharing something, but if someone were to just swipe what you posted and just slap a different picture, put a different name, it wouldn't be immediately obvious that it was you because it's missing you and it's missing your perspective. It's missing your opinion. It's missing story. You are missing from your message. And I see that sometimes even with like people I know and I'm like, oh my gosh, this person is brilliant. They have such an incredible story. They have such a, you know, like a, a unique perspective, but it's missing here. And when that happens, that's when you get compared. That's when, you know, people might say like, 
you're too expensive because they think there's other options and there aren't really. And you just, without intending to, you sound like everyone else shouting in the same arena, even if you aren't. So now we're going to talk about why women of color don't generally default to seeing themselves as thought leaders, even though they are. For one, we are conditioned to believe that even taking credit is like bragging or full of yourself. I mean, think about even how many of us default to like rejecting a compliment or being like, oh no, it's just like this. And like, you won't just be like, thank you. And it's like, okay, like, (laughs) why is that so hard? But we are conditioned to just like deflect compliments, not take credit, give everyone credit and like, you know, act like we didn't have part of it. So this, this is also a very real thing, right? It's not just your fault. Also, society tends to just center white male perspectives for a number of reasons, right? So I think sometimes when you don't see someone who looks like you being centered, being on stages, being quoted, you tend to doubt your own. Also, women of color are more likely to be like interrupted or overlooked, dismissed, despite our expertise. So we have a lot of experiences that make us think that like, We don't know enough, right? You know, as a result, like we kind of, we downplay, like we downplay and we call it humility, but really it's, this is just how we're conditioned to be. But the reason that we are actually the biggest thought leaders is because our perspectives and our needs have not been centered. So when you think about that from that perspective, because you haven't been centered, it means your ideas that you have are so unique. The folk people that you serve, especially if you also serve marginalized people or people of color, everything that you create is innovative. And that's why your ideas are, are so important. And it's important for us to recognize our thought leadership as women of color in particular, because our people need us to think like us, not like everyone else. They are waiting for us to see them. They are waiting for us to innovate for them. And when you are like, I understand what I do differently. This is this need that I see. This is what I think about it. I know like this is important to me. You immediately are not like anybody else, right? You are able to see yourself as an expert right now. And that helps with imposter syndrome because there's less comparison. It will help with just your general confidence because there's less comparison, right? So how does thought leadership create demand? First of all, thought leadership makes you stand out. Here's what I mean by this. If you were to think about the fact that the average person in America is exposed to 4,000 to 10,000 marketing messages a day, we just kind of like blur a lot of that stuff out, right? So in all of that noise, people gravitate towards what is different, right? And not necessarily because it's different, but different in a way that resonates with them. So in that sense, like people are looking for thought leaders in all of the noise. The thing about that is like, not everyone is going to agree, but those that do are really, really going to resonate with you, right? Your people are going to resonate and they're looking for this difference. And I cannot tell you like how often this has been true. Times that I've sat on discovery calls and my clients have said like, you said this particular thing and I've never heard anybody say that. And like, it matters because as soon as they're like, I heard you say this thing or I heard you say these things like, and I've never heard anybody say that. Instantly, there's like, I know where you stand. I know what you believe. That builds trust, right? So like, you have to say something different, not just for the sake of it, but you have to say something different. You immediately stand out. Thought leadership also creates demand because speaking engagements begin to come to you. Because when you're talking about these bigger issues, you're talking about something that's bigger than like your offer, then people want to hear about that. For me, that's looked like been on dozens of podcasts, 
all of my speaking engagements, everything came to me. A third of my clients have come to me through speaking engagements, visibility, basically people finding out about me, not through my own platforms. And when you're a thought leader, people also just like, they spread the word because they're like, oh my gosh, I resonate with this so much. And they'll share it, not because they're trying to promote you, but because they're trying to say, hey, this is what I believe too, right? And thought leaders also in that sense, like attract more aligned clients because those clients are like, I feel what you're saying. I resonate with what you're saying and I want to work with you. And in that sense, like you become the only option. So with all that being said, now this is a part where I want you to write down these prompts think about them, come back to them, because these are questions that are going to help you uncover what your thought leadership is. And it may not come to you immediately, but what happens sometimes is you will ask your brain a question and it may not immediately have an answer, but it will allow you to begin to feel into it. And it's almost like you're giving your brain an assignment to come back to you and be like, Remember that question you asked us last week, like, this is part of it. This is part of it. This is the thing you can't stop thinking about. This is the thing you keep coming back to over and over and over again. This is the thing that you could go on a rant about for 20 minutes unprompted because it matters to you so much. And like, it starts to find its way to you because your thought leadership, like I said, it's like, it's always been there. It's nagging at you. It's coming back. It's the thing that you're like, oh man, like, I want to think about this problem. I want to think about this need all the time. Like, this lights me up so much. So, How do you uncover your thought leadership? Question number one is what is an issue that impacts your community or your niche? Like what's an overall issue that they experience that like really, really matters to you? And I would say, you know, maybe this is something where you might even find statistics or trends to support there's this issue that impacts them. And when I say this, I think like, think broader. It may not be all your ideal clients, but it's some kind of a need that impacts your people. Number two is why does this matter to you? Number three, what do you think is the solution to that issue and why? And when I ask this question, what do you think is the solution to that issue? I want you to think unconventional. Let's not be basic here. This is not something safe and basic that most people would agree with. I kind of think like, what is a unique perspective that you have on like, what do you think is the solution to that? What do you think needs to happen? What do people think it is, but you think it's actually something else, right? What is What are people thinking, but you're like, no, 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 but I think something else. I think this is really important. Think unconventional. Not everyone's going to agree with this, right? So that's that's what I would say is number three. Number four, why are you a credible spokesperson for this topic? And if that makes you cringe because you're like, I don't know that I'm credible, Think about how your life experience is part of your credibility. Your identity might be part of your credibility. Your personal experience going through this or seeing this or being affected by this is part of your credibility. The reason that this matters is because you're like, and you know, I know about this because I've experienced this personally, or I've helped people with this or whatever that is, right? So why are you a credible spokesperson for this topic? Number five, I love this question. What are some hills you're willing to die on? when it comes to this topic. A hill you're willing to die on is like, listen, I'm a, this is, fight me on this. This is what I believe. I don't care. Fight me. This is what I think. <laughs> like you will not go back on this. When you have a conviction that is so strong, that's how you know this really, really matters to you. It's like, I, I, I think this so much that I'm like never going to stop talking about this. That's where your message and your thought leadership really, really cuts through. And number six, what is an idea that you want to spread relative to this topic. If you could land a TED Talk and you knew that that TED Talk was going to go viral, 
what would the title of that TED Talk be? Because it has to be brief, right? This this is your TED Talk. It's going to go viral. And the reason I say TED Talks is because TED Talks are ideas worth spreading. That is literally what a TED Talk is. It's ideas worth spreading. What is your idea worth spreading? If you could put the idea out there and that would spread around the world and people would believe it, what is that idea? Like, What is the statement? What is the statement that you want to be known for? And finally, how is your service a reflection of this idea that you just shared? So like as a result of this thing that you believe, how do you see people and serve people differently, right? And talk about that. When you talk about what's important to you, talk about, and like, and this is why, you know, when I work with my people, like this is what we do. And this is why we don't do it this way. It's because of this thing. You're standing by it and you're kind of walking the walk. And I also want you to think about like what happens when thousands of people, millions of people like believe this idea, like what happens in their lives? Because really this is like the movement. This is your movement behind your thought leadership. And these are the things that perk people's ears up. These are the things that will cause people to reach out and be like, hey, you know what? Like you're the person for this topic. Like we want you to be on our stage. We want you to be on our podcast. We want you to speak about this topic because we believe that like a lot of people feel this way and this could really help a lot of people, right? So this is bigger than you. It's bigger than your offer. It's bigger than your business. It's it's just a bigger mission. And that's really what thought leadership is. It's like, it's connected, but it's separate in the sense that like it is an interconnectedness of all of those things. So in closing, I'm going to recap the six things of how to uncover your thought leadership. What's an issue that impacts your niche or your community that you serve? Why does this issue matter to you? What do you think is the solution to that issue and why? And I want you to think unconventional versus safe and basic. Number four, why are you a credible person to talk about this topic? What are some hills you're willing to die on when it comes to this topic and how can you maybe talk about them publicly? Number six, what's an idea that you want to spread relative to this topic? Think TED Talk. What would your TED Talk be? Number seven, how does your product or service or how you serve your community reflect this idea that you want to share? And finally, what happens in the world when millions of people believe this and understand this and are impacted by your thought leadership? I want to just recap that like thought leadership isn't something that is supposed to be self-serving. It's not something that we attach like, okay, I'm going to do this so that I can look like a leader in my field. This isn't like a look at me type of thing. This is really like something that you believe that is so closely tied to your mission. Like it's something that's bigger than than you. And the reason is that it's not like a cute thing to do. Like leadership, thought leadership really requires you to take a stand on something that really matters to you. It requires you to say something different. It requires you to sometimes take emotional risks in the sense that, you know, you may tie in some vulnerable stories. You may take some risks here because it's not going to be for everyone, right? But there's beauty in not being for everyone because the people who you attract, there's no one else they'd rather talk to. There's no one else they'd rather work with. There's no one else they would rather occupy their stage or be on their podcast. You become the one that people hold their breath to hear from. You become the one that is quoted versus someone who posts inspirational quotes. What are some of the things that come up when I say this? And to leave you with like an analogy, like I really see you and your thought leadership going from trying to play the same song louder than everyone else. And instead you just change the station. And 
immediately it's like, I'm not even trying to compete. Like I'm over here playing my own song, right? We don't just do that for like the sake of being different or the sake of being polarizing. Like I kind of hate the word polarizing because I'm just like, do you believe it or not? Because if you believe it or not, like that's, it may be polarizing, but it doesn't matter because that's what you believe. You're going to have to stand by these things, right? And and the louder you are about these things, like your people are going to be watching and being like, oh, I wonder, you know, what is she going to think about this? Because we know where she stands, but that matters. I really want you to just sit with like, what is so important to you that you are willing to stand by it and have it reflected in the way that you serve your clients, have it reflected in the, in your values. And I'll also say that as you work up to five figure offers and just higher ticket offers, your clients are actually going to expect this from you. They'll be like, I looked and I saw what you said here. I listened to your podcast. I saw what you said here. They're going to quote you because they want to know where you stand on things, right? They're not going to just want to work with someone who's saying the same thing as everyone else. And you aren't, you aren't that person. So I hope that today really helped you see like you already are sitting on thought leadership. You already are sitting on seeing you know, an unmet need or a problem or something that your community needs and you have a different perspective on it, most likely it's something that invites you to bring your your perspective and your story into it rather than it just being like an expertise-based thing, right? And the goal for this is not to like become this like world-renowned leader. It's honestly, just to begin the process of uncovering what your song is versus trying to sing the same song as everyone else, but louder because your people need that from you. So thank you for being with me today. And I would love to hear what reflections you have, what questions you have about thought leadership, screenshot this, share it, share your takeaways, message me if you have questions. This is something that I'm just so passionate about because I know that especially the more people of color are aware of like what their thought leadership is and how it can help people and how it makes them different. That is something that no one can take away. And it becomes a magnet. It becomes a magnet that attracts things to you. And I want that for all of us. I hope this was helpful and I will see you guys on the next episode. Now, if you have listened to this entire episode and you are thinking about working with me as your one-on-one mentor for six months, you can learn more and apply at marielladelamora.com. There you'll find dozens of client success stories from business to leadership coaching, which will give you an idea of what you can expect, the range of clients I work with, and my coaching style.